Hey, it's Lisa with another episode on my podcast, and today we're going to talk about 10 facts that you may or may not know about exercise. Some of these are fun, some of them you may have heard before, but I'm going to go into detail about each one and kind of give you my opinion and my thoughts on them. So number one is your gym membership won't counteract the hours spent sitting. True. Um, If you spend an hour in the gym every day and then you sit for the next 23, then you, I can't say that you're going to lose your, you know, any benefit that you get from exercise, but it's not going to counteract the benefits. So what you need to understand is an active lifestyle means that you're active on a consistent basis. So if you go to the gym for an hour or if you're doing your home workout for 30 minutes, you need to make sure that throughout the day you're finding points of activity. So if you have a desk job, you need to make sure that every hour that you're sitting, out of that hour, you need to spend 10 minutes to just get up and walk around. Um, If you stay at home throughout the day, you need to make sure that you're inserting pockets of activity throughout your day, whether that be getting up to maybe clean something or taking an afternoon walk or anything that you can add in consistently, periodically through your day so that you're complementing your exercise routine that you have with activity spread throughout the day. That's going to give you the most metabolic benefit. It's going to keep your calorie burn up throughout the day, and you're actually going to feel more energized by moving consistently throughout the day than if you were to say, go to the gym and then, oh, well now I can come home and you know I can relax, I can sit and watch movies all day. You have to be consistent with activity, not only just exercise, but daily activity as well. Number two, exercise won't make you thin. No, it won't. And the reason why is because you can eat 200 calories quicker than you can burn it. So if you're looking at running two miles, which for the average person is going to burn about 200 calories, your time spent burning 200 calories versus eating 200 calories is a lot different. So if you're approaching an exercise program thinking, all I need to do is add some exercise and I'll be good to go, not so true because nutrition itself is about 80% of your how your body reacts to any type of health program. So you need to focus on exercise, yes, because of the cardiovascular and strength benefits. But you can't just only do that because that's only about 20% of the equation. 80% of it is your nutrition because that is how you spend the rest of your day. Um, You're going to be eating a lot more times throughout your day than you're going to be exercising. So if you're taking in more calories than you're burning on an everyday basis, you're going to gain weight. So even though you're exercising, you are not necessarily going to remain thin. What exercise will do for you is it will improve overall health, 
It will help to maintain healthy energy throughout the day. Exercise is going to give you that, what they call EPOC, the post-exercise burn. So your metabolic rate is going to go up, especially if you're combining it with strength training, you're going to be building muscle so that your metabolic rate is even higher than that, which are all benefits of exercise. But if you're not complementing that with good nutrition, then the effects of exercise are not going to be completely seen in the body. So you want to make sure that you have a really good balance of both, focusing mainly on nutrition. But yes, exercise is important. But a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I exercise every day. But those same people who say, well, I exercise every day are also the ones who also say, and I don't know why I'm gaining weight. So you have to be real careful when it comes to balancing exercise and nutrition together. Getting active helps you to achieve your goals. And this is interesting because I just recently read a book that says if you, if you go throughout your day and you have what the author says is unfinished business. So if you say, I need to make this phone call and you keep putting it off and putting it off. I need to pay this bill and you keep putting it off. I need to go to the gym. Oh, well, you know, I can do that later. If you keep doing these things where you're talking yourself out of it, what happens is you're generally setting yourself up for really not getting anything done. Um, What this fact is stating, getting active helps you achieve your goals. Basically, it says if you're... If you make a commitment to do a workout or a workout program and you wake up and you start that and you make a commitment and a priority to make that happen, then if you look at the rest of your day, you're more likely in your own head going to say, well, you know, I didn't want to do my workout, but I got up, I did it, I committed to it. So that bathroom that needs to be cleaned, I'll go ahead and just get that done real quick because it really won't take that much time. So whenever you're looking at your daily goals, if you just complete one of those things off of your to-do list, you're more likely to go throughout the rest of your day doing the same thing with other tasks that you have. So whenever you wake up in the morning and you immediately get active and you start thinking about your day and you start saying to yourself, what do I need to accomplish this day? And you start ticking them off. What that's going to do is that mentally will set you up for success throughout your day. So number four. Stretching before running may lower your endurance. Um, This is a hard one because I'm a runner. And um, when people ask me for advice on running and they say that they stretch before a run, I kind of grim. Um, But everyone's different. I will say this. Me, when it comes to working out or running, I... I personally do more of a dynamic warm-up. So if I'm about to go on a run, I'll just walk, and then I speed that up, and then I start running. I don't necessarily stretch before a run because whenever you're stretching cold muscles, it can actually do more damage. So my advice to people when they do a warm-up before a workout of any kind is to make sure that they're doing a little bit more of a dynamic warm-up. And dynamic warm-up means that you're 
moving your body in very similar ways to how you're going to move it during your workout. So if you are going to go running, start off with a walk, warm up, go into a jog, and then go into your run. If you're doing a weightlifting, then you know, probably warming up on a Stairmaster or an elliptical or something like that at the gym will help your muscles warm up. What you're looking for in your warm-up is just like it says, to warm up the muscles. When your muscles are warm, that's when you can stretch them out and it will produce a better, more effective stretch when you stretch warm muscles than when you stretch cold muscles. So I believe in the dynamic warm-up when it comes to any exercise and I will say that it is personal preference. Some people do like to stretch and that is what works better for them. So I would advise if you personally like to do static stretching before a workout, go for that. But anybody who is new to exercise, I would first suggest a dynamic warm-up over a static stretching warm-up just because I see a little bit more benefit out of it in regards to the performance of your workouts. So moving on to number five. Women are weaker than they ever have been. Yes. And here's why. Women are so focused on cardio that they forget about strength training. And I tell my clients this all the time, especially women. All they want to do is cardio. And whenever I'm designing my boot camps, why do you only put three to five minutes of cardio in each circuit? Well... Number one, that's because one, cardio is important. Number two, whenever you're doing the strength training, your heart rate actually is going up. So you are getting cardio benefit even while you're strength training. The importance of strength training is this. It increases muscle growth. Increased muscle growth raises your metabolic rate. Raising your your metabolic rate burns more calories. Stronger muscles means that your bones are stronger. Why? Because your muscles are wrapped around your bones. And a lot of women think, well, I'm going to get big and bulky. And there's a joke going around my boot camp that I'm turning everybody into bodybuilders. And I continue to tell them, you've been with me for nine months. Are you a bodybuilder? And they say, no, I'm not. Um, Building strength for women is critical because of the health benefits that women need from muscle tone, muscle growth. Um, now, men, they do tend to focus on building larger muscles so that they are going to be exercising with a heavier weight than most women would. And depending on your goals with weightlifting, A lot of women don't need to lift a lot of weight to gain a little bit of muscle mass and reap those benefits from it. So training with weights is just as important as any cardio exercise. So in my boot camp classes, I make sure that there's a good mixture between cardio and strength because they are both equally important. Number six. Facebook can boost your fitness motivation. This is true. And the reason why it's true is because I have heard from so many women that somebody posted a picture of them 
at an event and they look at the picture that's posted on Facebook, they're tagged in it, and everyone else can see it. It's all there for all eyes to see and they look or feel as if they look awful. And self-criticism can be good up to a certain point. Um, Self-criticism, yes, it can motivate you. And I know a lot of women who have seen their picture on Facebook that somebody else has posted, and that's when they say to themselves, I have got to do something with my fitness. So I can't say it's a bad thing because a lot of my clients come to me because of something they see on Facebook. And if it helps them to get into shape, if it helps them with their health, I'm all for it. So um, self-criticism is pretty important when it comes to motivation. And it's not only Facebook. It's, it's any time that you see a picture of yourself and it makes you focus on how you look from the camera's eyes or somebody else's eyes. Um, and you don't like what you see then you probably don't like how you feel. And if you don't like how you feel, then you need to do something about it. Because whether it's a weight issue or whether it's you just don't look happy, um, self-criticism is good and it can motivate a lot of people to finally make a decision to become healthy and to change their habits. And for me, that's good because that means I get to help more people, which is always what I love. Um, but yes, Facebook can boost your fitness motivation, not only from you know self-criticism, but also a lot of people will post, and I do too, um, they will post themselves working out, they will post themselves at the gym, um, they'll post a healthy recipe. And so whenever you're seeing a lot of other people take this path towards wellness, you're, you are more motivated to go on that same path too, which is a good thing too, because um, as long as it doesn't go into the danger zone with a lot of teenagers who are very impressionable, and there's a lot of stuff that's on Facebook, Instagram, and stuff like that that shouldn't be because teenagers are impressionable, but on that same token, um, and I don't want any daggers flying at me, if girls and boys are raised well, then they can control the negativity in their own mind because self-criticism can make you learn something and can make you into a better person. But being negative about your self-criticism can have some harmful effects. And I think that there's a line that is, is in there somewhere I'm not a psychologist, so I can't draw it. But um, so while we need to be careful about negative self-image, I think it's crucial to say that a little bit of self-criticism can go a long way. Morning exercise can make you ill. Um, I'm going to be debatable on this one. Um, I do most of my exercise in the morning, whether it's a hardcore workout or just something gentle. This particular article from, let's see, it says from Brunel University, um, they say that a low-impact workout in the morning is actually beneficial to your health in regards to illness, like common cold, flu, stuff like that. A heavier, more hardcore workout, they are saying that that can make you 
more at risk for contracting common illnesses. Um, I personally would have to read more of the research to make my official observation on this. I would say that any exercise that you can do at whatever point you can throughout the day is going to be a boost to your immune system. But I will say that if your body is not accustomed to doing workouts in the morning, then randomly waking up one morning and deciding to run four miles is probably not a good idea. But I also think that's a little bit common sense that that would not be a good idea. So I think that I don't think it has much as much to do with the workout as it does with what your body is or is not used to. If your body is used to waking up in the morning and hitting the gym or doing a home workout or whatever the case may be, and then you don't do it, I think that can do as much damage as if you don't work out in the morning and then you wake up and run four miles. So you have to get whatever you're going to do, you have to get your body adjusted to doing it. So start any program that you start, whatever time of day it may be, start off slow. Let your body get used to it. And If you do that, you're going to set yourself up for not only success with sticking to a program, but also you're going to be gentler on your body and you're going to allow your body to be able to say, oh, this feels good. Okay, I can get used to this. Women and men respond to exercise in different ways. Obviously, yes, they do. So if you see a couple at the gym and they are both doing the same workout, Women are going to respond differently than men. I believe that it's pretty natural to um, concur that that would happen. Um, I do think that women need to exercise differently than men. The reason why is because our bodies are different. They're shaped different. They're meant to do different things. Um, So there's a lot of exercises that I think women do that men should also be doing, just like I think that there's a lot of exercise that men are doing that women need to be doing as well. So I think that exercise between men and women need to be complementing of each other. They need to be similar in some ways, as in I don't think that women need to not do particular exercises because it's quote-unquote a man's exercise. Just like I don't think that men should not do a particular exercise because it's a female exercise. I think that there are ways to blend the two together so that each gender gets the benefit of each. So they may be done in a different way. Maybe um, men need lower impact cardio than women do to get their metabolic rate up. Uh, Women have a tendency to actually need more cardio than men do. But a lot of that has to do with women generally sit more during the day than men do. So there's a difference there in between lifestyle, gender, but overall, I think that each gender can take specific exercises and modify them to benefit their body the best way that, um, for example, with like a bicep curl. I think that men can do a heavier lifting bicep curl 
And then women can take the same concept and lift a little bit lighter weight, but also increase the range of motion on your bicep curl. Turn your arm out or do hammer curls and traditional bicep curls because that way you're hitting all angles of the bicep. So there's a lot of different ways that men and women can tailor their workouts to fit their needs. Married couples do significantly less exercise. Um, Probably so, just based on the fact that not because married women or married couples let themselves go or just get comfortable with each other. I, th- I think that a lot of people have that kind of mentality about married people in general. Um, but what I'm going to say is that married couples do significantly less of anything as long as they're doing it together. Or you could say it the other way. Married couples do significantly more of something because they're doing it together. So this door can swing both ways. Um, People who are married generally have common interest. So if you're married to somebody who's into health and fitness, then together you're probably going to do more of it. If you're in a relationship or married to somebody who loves to go on food truck walks, then you're probably more likely to gain weight together. Um, couples who do together will be together. And, um, I don't think it's because they're married. I think it's just a socio thing that you're going to follow the activities of the people you hang out with the most. 60% of gym memberships go unused. I believe it's probably more percent than that. Um, yes. So most of the time when people sign up for a gym, whether it be in January or not, um, probably more than 60% won't use it. So, and that's, that's a lot of the reason why I have recommended working out at home over going to the gym. And it's based on several different reasons. Generally, the idea of going to the gym is more lucrative than the action of going to the gym. So you sign up for a gym, you're really motivated, you go you know, every day for the first two weeks and you are gym, you are loving it, you are taking your selfies in the mirror. And then after two weeks, it kind of gets old. And then you skip a day and then you skip two and then you skip three and then all of a sudden you're not going to the gym. So my advice for people who want to sign up to be a member of a gym is don't go every day at first because you're going to burn out. Um, Go maybe three times a week. That way you don't hit the burnout. And learn how to supplement those workouts at home, just in case you can't make it to the gym. Because whenever you incorporate health and fitness into your life, you have to know and figure out ways to make it doable. So if you can't make it to the gym, that doesn't mean that your workout is out the window. You need to be able to say, okay, well, I can't go to the gym today. So what am I going to do instead? What options do I have? You need to make sure that you're not dependent on a gym as the only way to get your workout in. And this is probably the, the best one to leave everyone on is you need to be able to have alternatives and not be dependent on 
the gym as your excuse to not work out. So if if you do that, then then you're not going to go to the gym. It, it's just that simple. If you depend on the gym to work out, that then that's it. So what you need to set yourself up with is this. I'd like to have a gym membership, and I like being a part of a group going to the gym. I like it because the equipment is there that I need or want for a particular workout. But if I can't make it to the gym, then I have this on reserve. I have a plan B on reserve for those days that I can't make it to the gym. So whenever you have a plan to go to the gym, have your plan B. Because if you don't have a plan B and you don't go to the gym, then in your head, that's your automatic excuse. Oh, I don't need to work out today because I, I can't make it to the gym, so I don't have to work out. Well, no, it doesn't really go that way. You know, it's, it's like if you wake up in the morning and your toothbrush falls into the toilet, do you just say, oh, well, I guess I won't go brush my teeth today. No, if you don't have another one laying around your house, you're going to be down the street at the gas station picking up a toothbrush to brush your teeth. So you're going to make the effort to brush your teeth, but you're not going to make that same effort to go to the gym if the gym doesn't fit into your schedule for the day. So while, yes, the gym is important, you also need to have that plan B. You need to have that extra toothbrush laying around just in case your main one does fall in the toilet. So biggest advice, gyms are fun, but don't let that be your number one excuse to not work out. Always have something that you can do at home, whether it's something on an app or you know, a little routine that you have to do that will supplement going to the gym. Something so that every single day you're active in some way. So hopefully all of these little factoids and interesting things have come together at the end to make my final point. And with all of these little facts and stuff, my final point is that, and it always will be, if you make a commitment to health and fitness, there are more excuses to not do it than there are to do it. So if you set yourself up to excuse your way out of health and fitness, then half the battle is already out the window. But if you set yourself up to not have those excuses, if you always have a plan B, then you're going to be more successful when it comes to health. And my main point in probably all of my podcast is that I want to make sure that people are healthy and I want to give people advice so that they rethink what they've been thinking about when it comes to going to the gym, when it comes to what they eat during the day, when it comes to when they sit all day, but yet, oh, I've worked out for an hour this morning, I'm good to go, or I do all of my cardio, but no strength training. So I bring up these questions and I bring up these points to say, you know, hey, if you think about it in a sensible way, then you may be more likely to stick with your program. So on that note, I will say, if you have any questions, you know how to reach me. And um, my uh, links are everywhere. But uh, lisajoannefitness at gmail.com. 
And I will see you soon for another podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Thanks.